You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Littman. I'm with Emily Cannell and Dan Volpone. My first question is to Emily, and it's really, I want you to, to decipher something. Uh, I saw this okay. on Instagram. Uh, as I'm saying this, there's a trade. Oh, wow. Hey, what? We'll get, we'll get to that. Is this a Sixers thing or no? No. 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 <laughs> All right. All right. That would first, be something. We'll get it would actually happen second. when we're live. That'd be crazy. That would be it's normally quiet. five minutes it'll be five minutes when we're done actually uh yeah right yeah this um, is the first right. step for the dame trade i think is this that was the block that the what do you call it the it needed to fall you know the, okay whatever the first domino to fall the first domino yeah emily here's a quote tell me what it means sometimes you just have to play the role of a fool to fool the fool who thinks they are fooling you what the fuck does that mean huh I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, come on. You pretend to be a fool to fool the person who's also a fool who thinks that they're getting one over on you. Yeah, you like pretend like they're doing it, but really your joke's on them because you know that they that they know, that you know. So this, of course, is from Future Sixer Damian Lillard. How, what do you think he's trying to say in posting this on Instagram? Uh, is it anything to do with Neil Olshay and the, Blazers. Honestly, I think it has something probably to do with like his record label. Oh, damn it. It's probably it's probably a record label thing. That's what um, I actually think. You're probably right. Um, Dan, talk to me about the trade that just happened just because we're we're doing this live in the moment. It's Sunday night, it's eight o'clock when we're doing this. So tell tell the listeners about the trade that just happened and what do you think of it? All right, so the Los Angeles Clippers are trading Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Oturu to the Memphis Grizzlies for guard Eric Bledsoe. Sources tell us again, that's a tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski. I remember during COVID, everyone was doing like mock off seasons. And at one point I traded like Patrick Beverly and change for Eric Bledsoe. I was the Clippers. So it was kind of mm. funny to see this trade happen. Um, I know Bledsoe kind of struggled last year and, and has struggled in the playoffs, but I like it. I think it's solid pickup I still think he's I still think he can be a good player I, I and I've never been a huge Beverly guy like he's fine um I, I still think Bledsoe's the better defender and and the better player so uh it'll be interesting I, I, it's funny Rondo is barely there yeah yeah Rondo's barely there uh I sort of wonder what Memphis you know Bledsoe is a big number so maybe they wanted to just reroute him anyway they just got him a few months ago um yeah I'm not sure maybe that's a as as you were saying maybe it's a precursor to a Ben trade we can only hope um big stuff this week for the Sixers was summer league which uh has is now underway the Sixers are currently playing it's about a tie game right now uh the summer Sixers against the summer Timberwolves uh first person of course we should talk about is Tyrese Maxey who is excellent um, in both of the first two games. And then, now, last week I said to you guys, I would love if Maxi was just too good for summer league and they just pull him out of there. He had a summer camp to go to, and he went to that. And I like wondering... how you call it summer camp. Like, he was a camper at the camp. He had to go <laughs> make arts and crafts and do the canoe race and then yes. go back to summer league. Yeah, well, he has color war this week. and, it's, and it's <laughs> No one misses very... color wars. 
No one misses color. You can't miss color work. Um, he, it's like Tyrese's basketball camp for the youth um, that they said was pre-approved by the team. And this was always sort of the plan. Um, he looked unbelievable. I, I just absolutely love, he was making such an effort to shoot threes, uh, which is a welcome sight in Philadelphia. Uh, something that he was not particularly good at, that he was very consciously trying to get better at. Um, so that's really cool. And I just thought that he had such command of the offense and of finding his teammates and getting to the rim. I think he's like the real deal. I'm very excited about Tyrese. Emily, were you able to watch much of those maxi games and, and what are your takeaways? And do you think he was too good for summer league or did he just have to go to summer camp? Um, well, I watched the first game. I was able to watch that one and it was great. But just like, imagine someone doing more of something they're not good at to get better at it. And what a right. novel idea that is. And like saying, I'm going to focus on something I'm not good at and doing it in games to get better at it. I just think hmm. that's like, a mind-blowing idea and like I'm so grateful that we have someone that like just like came up with that it's really good isn't stuff. it isn't it crazy also that like you know I feel like all the talk has been like well if only you know Ben had been there when we were tanking if that's when we drafted Ben because then he maybe wouldn't have felt the pressure to compete <laughs> now but like hey the Sixers are competing now and Maxi apparently is going to be taking threes in games so maybe you still can Maybe you can do it, especially when people are like 15 feet away from you at all times. Um, Emily, are you like really uh, drinking the Kool-Aid on Maxi right now as I am? Just absolutely penciling him into the Sixers' future as long as he's not moved for Dame Lillard. Um, I'm, I'm very excited about Maxi. Yeah, 100%. I'm just, I think, afraid that, you know, especially... I mean, not to say like this summer league performance will really make you know the the Trailblazers want him and want him included in a package, but I mean it could because we're all like we want him around, so they might want him around, and that would make me sad. But he looks great. He's a great smile. Him and him and uh, B Ball Paul seem to be like buddying around. It's yeah. very cute. I really enjoy it. So love the baby Sixers. They're they're adorable. It's really fun. Uh, and I don't think this is us being prisoners of the moment because there were real maxi flashes during the season too. Um, and he sort of fell in the draft uh, because I think he's a bit undersized, but he just seems like a kid who works super hard and who like is, is going to be ready way sooner than I think we probably even hope. Uh, Dan, what's your takeaway from the maxi summer league experience, which I think is probably done. I don't think they're getting him back in Vegas. So I think he's probably done there. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been able to watch any of the games in Summer League. I've been super busy with school, but um, I did see some highlights, which I think in Summer League is just as good. Um, and <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's adorable as ever. He's he's making shots. Uh, he's looking for shots. Like, he's he's taking shots that he probably wouldn't have sought out last season. Um, but, you know, you love it. I mean, he, he plays – when he plays, he looks, you know – happy to be there he looks like you know he's he's basically fearless uh and yeah I mean he looks great if I'm sure t other teams are watching this and and are like we want this guy um, mm -hmm. I'll be really sad if he's gone I it doesn't change the fact that like I really want Damian Lillard um but yeah I mean obviously I'm at a point where I would you know I think I would give like two extra firsts to keep Max oh yeah um but yeah, he's, he's a ton of fun. And if he's on the team, like, like for, for a scenario, especially with how Maxi's looked and how, um, and how Matisse played last year, um, I would be fine if, you know, obviously Willard's always going to be playing at you go for the star, but if you can't get him, you know, if you keep your flexibility and, and you're basically, you know, it, we'll get into this later, but it, it really is seeming like Ben is not going to be back. And, you know, he's moved for just like basically like a, a, a normal ish young guard, like a Brogdon. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, to, to get to keep Max, to get to keep Matisse. And then maybe eventually you get to move like a Brogdon and some picks for a guy you like better, even if that's not the later. So, like, you're keeping your flexibility open. You're keeping, you know, the young guys that we love. I don't think that's like the end of the world especially with how much fun they've been. 
Um, you bring up a good point. We'll definitely talk more directly about Ben and Ben packages and all that later. But for me, watching Maxi look like that and just sort of feeling the way I felt about him leaving the season, I would not trade him in any Ben trade that doesn't get you Lillard. Like for me, it's like you do that for Lillard, but otherwise I'm not like using him as a sweetener because I think before you long, he could all of a sudden became available? Uh, Beal, you probably have to. I was thinking... Or Beale how about... Anyway. All, right, all right, let me hear you with one more. Yeah. If it's like uh, Ben and Maxi for Levine. Because I think I would... Do I don't it. think so. I, I don't do. think... I don't yeah. think you... Just because I don't think you need to do uh, Maxi if you're getting Levine. I, I think that... Oh, see, uh, I, I think you do. I think Levine is like not that much less valuable than Beal at this point. But Levine's in the last year of his deal. So, yeah, you'd have to have you'd have to know that, that you're he's staying for sure. Yeah, that's Emily. I mean, and Beal is too, though. Beal is too. Beal is too. Beal, I think Beal has been very good for longer than Levine, I guess. But at yeah, that for point, sure, it's a good point. And, and you know, at the end of the day, if it's one or the other, maybe I would have to do it. But sitting here now, I think I would say find another way to get Levine here instead of. Uh, uh, unfortunately, he's not available either. But Emily, uh, in terms of Maxi and a Ben trade, are you pretty much, uh, you know, either for one of those top top guys, or you're just not doing it uh, in terms of using him as a sweetener? Yeah, probably. I probably wouldn't do it outside of Dame or Beal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I would much rather prefer just to throw in like more picks or something instead of Maxi. I don't care about. If we're going all in with Dane, then then I don't care. There's like a party happening in the behind my house, and it's so They're loud. They're gonna saw down another tree. They're gonna put. It's really tree distracting. <laughs> I don't even and like I live next to a Chinese food restaurant and back against like a construction site, so I don't know like where this party is happening, but it's really loud. Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah, I would. If we're going all in for Dane, then I don't care about giving up all like the future picks because we're like going all in I would rather just get you know keep the young at least keep our young guys that we do have because I am attached to people and I attach to them quickly so I agree with you I and and, like it's who knows if this is like the right team building uh mindset to have but like I would rather give future picks than these guys we currently have who we can see are good and are like very capable role players with whatever team, you know, becomes the one. Moving on, B-Ball Paul, uh, in the game that we are, I think, are probably all watching in the background as we talk right now, going into halftime, B-Ball Paul had uh, 16 points, 12 rebounds, three blocks, and three steals. They interviewed him on the sideline before halftime. They said, B-Ball Paul, what did you have for breakfast? And he was like, Denny's. I went to Denny's. And it was like a very hilarious and earnest response to her question um uh he's he, he's pure chaos i love him i love watching him uh his defense looks real to me he just takes the ball from people he blocks shots at the rim the jump shot looks super weird uh and but he has some straight line drive driving stuff i i i i love it i think that um the andre drummond thing it's going to be hard for him to see the court which sucks but i love uh you know he was on the podcast he uh, told us that it was an honor to speak with us. He wished Emily a happy wedding. It's great. Uh, we love B-Ball Paul, and we always will. Dan, uh, any takeaways from uh, what you've been able to glean from Paul's summer league experience thus far? I mean, I really hope he gets some more playing time this year. Uh, and I also, like, you got to wonder, and I know he's not that young because he played, I think he mm-hmm. played about four years in college. Yeah. But, um, you know, at what point does he start to have, like, real value? I don't mean, like, you know, teams are, like, you know, dying to have him. But, you know, if you're trying to keep Maxi or you're trying to keep Matisse in a Dame trade that maybe is probably not happening, but who knows? Like, do they like B-Ball Paul? Like, is, is that like a, is that like a legit, like they want young guys and you say, listen, we really want to keep Maxi and they're like, they like B-Ball Paul enough that like he counts as like a good young player to them. Um, I don't, I don't know, but I think it's, you know, he's a lot of fun and it's interesting to think about, like maybe he's 
a, a guy who goes out in a trade because he has been so active in the G League and the Summer League. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, his draft spot was so low. You know, I think he, we, we had him at 50 at least. It was some, somewhere between 50 and 60. Um, my guess is that GM still at this point want to see it, him, you know, do some things in an NBA game. And he's done, a, 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 you know, he's had a couple of nice moments in sort of mop-up duty. Uh, the guy that might be working himself in that, into that conversation a little bit is Isaiah Joe, who we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, Emily, yeah, why don't you go there? Talk about B-Ball Paul and then tell me what you've thought of Isaiah Joe. Well, B-Ball Paul is great. I'm a little sad that he hasn't been getting as many assists. He is a double-double machine in summer <laughs> league, but the triple-double is just a little out of his reach at this point. And that's what he wanted, right? He wanted the triple-double, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he really wants the championship. That's what he wants more than anything. So we'll see what happens. Um, it would be really fun if they went on a run. I mean, it's summer league, but it would just be fun. It would be great. I really, I, I have a hard time seeing it, seeing it happen now that Tyrese is gone because he's in summer camp. But yeah. I would love to see uh, some a, a real Sixers run. I would uh, 100% nice one like get a shirt like oh, Sixers yeah. 2021 summer league champions. Like I would, yeah, I awesome. would get that shirt. That'd be a great shirt. That'd be a great shirt. Um, in terms of Isaiah Joe, yeah, he is just shooting the lights out. I don't have numbers up or anything, but just shooting threes, just lets them fly. Doesn't care. Doesn't really care where he is on the court. It seems he can be like 10 feet from behind the three point line. And he's like, this seems like a good time to take a three point shot. (laughs) And they go in a lot. So that's great. Um, yeah, he, if he can perform at a consistent level like that then I think he, you know, has a conversation for a spot in like the back half of the rotation. It's just a matter of if it becomes like a streaky thing or if he can become a consistent three-point shooter. So I guess it remains to be seen, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, Joe has uh, really shot the ball well, and he's shown some off-the-dribble stuff. Like he's ran some pick-and-roll. He had that one great behind-the-back pass in the pick-and-roll to Paul Reed that was uh, like a highlight. Um, but I've been very impressed with him. Sixers need guys who don't give a shit and just take a bunch of threes and are good at it. And he's definitely one of them. So Dan, my quite, you know, with him, he's not going to like change your conversation in any way, but like you might be able to talk somebody into Isaiah Joe as a sweetener somewhere, you know, again, he's not making or breaking the trade, but he might be a good idea for teams just as like a plug and play guy. Cause he did play a decent amount of minutes during the season um what do you think about isaiah and uh and then you might as well just lead us right into uh jaden springer uh after that who the sixers rookie uh guard out of tennessee so go ahead what do you think yeah i mean i saw uh like i said it's all highlights for me um joe looked great uh obviously he just takes a lot of threes so in the highlights he makes all of them but i know that um you know i was following along early in uh you know, in the first half of, I think, their first game, and he had a ton of points and couldn't miss. Um, and I think he, uh, from what I saw, if I remember correctly, he was doing some stuff off the dribble too. Uh, so that's always cool to see. I um, might be the last time we ever say it, but, like, you know, definitely better than what Mike Scott gave them last year if he gets minutes. Mm-hmm. And – uh, I don't really know what to expect from uh, George Niang too much, but, uh, you know, it seems like he's probably taking over that role. But who knows? Maybe he'll be the guy we say there's no way Isaiah Joe is worse than him. There's no way B-Ball Paul is worse than him. <laughs> Not to uh, wish anything, any bad play on uh, George Niang before he even plays a game for us. Just saying. No, but we've been you know, hurt. These, these young guys have been exciting. Um I haven't seen a ton of Springer highlights, which probably means there haven't been a ton of Springer highlights. Um, I don't really care. I, I'm actually more excited to see like the second year guys look like the stars of the summer league. And I think that's yeah. like a big deal. I don't think like a rookie, you know, getting his feet wet is, you know, anything to worry about if there's any, any, you know, less preparedness from him you know, for, for this summer league. And he's also, you know, I think he was the second youngest player in the draft. Um, right. So, you know, I haven't seen a ton from him. I'm guessing that means not a ton has happened with him, but, you know, I, I think that's also part of it with like, you know, the, the, the argument that 
you know, the Sixers should have taken an older player who was more, you know, ready to play last season. It's like you, the guy shouldn't be, have to be ready to play because rookies are always bad, like always bad. And like, yeah, Tyrese had like, you know, he stepped up huge in game six, but like he shouldn't have had to. Like no rookie should have to do that. And the reason we didn't win the series is because we were relying on rookies in like extremely important roles. Um, and hopefully we're going to build a team in a way we just don't have to do that because, you know, 19 or, you know, 23, rookies are usually really bad. And a lot of times guys come back second year and are ready. So I, I'm, I just don't really have any concern about, about Springer or, you know, if he's struggling in summer league, it just doesn't matter. I don't even think he's 19 yet. He's still yeah, I, I think he is still like yeah, late I think 18. He's 18. Legitimate child. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I do think his defenses look really good. Emily, you tell me what you think. But just watching him, he looks like a really smart and strong. Like he's not an 18-year-old who looks like he needs to gain a ton of weight. Like he looks, he looks like he has an NBA body, which is, uh, I think, a good place to start. The jump shot does not look good. I don't, you know, I don't think that's ready. And I, like Dan said, they shouldn't need that to be ready. I don't know that he's going to be on the Sixers in two months. Like who knows? Uh, there's a giant thing waiting to happen. And that is like, who knows what, what that, you know, he certainly fell in the draft and maybe that helps in a, in a big trade. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, Emily, have you been disappointed at all in the Springer stuff or, or are you more at, you know, it, it really won't matter. And right now the, you know, the good stuff is good and the bad stuff is just, we're waiting on him to get a little bit older and all that. Yeah, definitely the latter. Um, there, yeah, there's been plenty of good stuff. He hasn't seen like, I mean, he's 18, but I think he seems like mature and smart on the court, um, which is good to see. He seems to have like a good, like high basketball IQ. And yeah, he's, he, I'm not attached to him yet, so he can go. That's but, the thing, right? Like he's the one guy. Yeah. Right. We haven't gotten attached to him yet, but so I, I t also, when I tend to watch summer league games, like, even though he's our pick this year, like I, I watch for like Paul and Maxie yeah. because I'm attached to them. So I, I keep my eye on them more than, um, than Springer, but yeah, he's, I mean, like I, like I've said, he's 18 and the good stuff is good. And it's nice to have an 18 year old with some good stuff. That's cool. There's plenty of time for him to develop into an NBA player if he stays on the Sixers. So. It's so easy to throw Springer into a trade because Maxie's good. Matisse is good. Uh, Isaiah Joe was uh, like number two on our handsome list. Uh, Ray John Tucker has, I think, three fans right here just because of how uh, cool he is. He's going to win the dunk contest this year. We want that on contest. our resume. Well, Paul was on the podcast. Sorry, Jaden, you got to go. Like, or come all on the podcast and then <laughs> this is a threat. We will keep yeah. you around with all of our power. Exactly. Another thing he could do is just like start smiling a ton, like Maxi does, because I mean, that like, can... do like, do like smiles. We do. <laughs> you should go to that summer camp. Um, all right, <laughs> the uh, we're gonna take a break, friends. Uh, coming up, we're gonna talk about Ben Simmons, Damian Lillard, Danny Green's wedding, and the Bachelorette. Uh, we'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. Um, all right. What has happened in the Ben Simmons stuff this week? Let's take a look. 
Um, what has not happened is a trade. So Ben is still on the Sixers technically. Um, the all right. So sort of a big thing. I, I don't know if we want to give this any weight, but Kendrick Perkins said on the jump, it was like a live thing with Rachel Nichols and somebody else. And uh, Perk basically said that what he's hearing is that Ben Simmons is willing to not go to training camp uh, if the Sixers don't trade him before then. And that obviously Ben wants to be out of Philadelphia. Obviously, Perk is not a uh, journalist and uh, he's not a reporter. A lot of people are throwing this out. Uh, I will say that Perk had Doc Rivers to the Sixers very early. And we all sort of said the same thing, and he ended up being right about that. Dan, do you have some? Does he have something else? He was pretty early on a lot of the Harden stuff too. Yes, he had Harden stuff. Um, so who knows if this is any? Well, but now there's reporting from a lot of different places that Ben doesn't want to be here. Um, so this is there's certainly some weight to that. Um, him not going to training camp is something we talked about last week. I think it's a very real possibility because he's very much on the market and he is represented by the most powerful agent in sports. And uh, I would guess that they probably don't want him to show up in Philadelphia in front of a bunch of cameras and microphones. Um, Emily, do you have any thoughts on this? Are you discounting it because of the source? Because obviously like the other stuff we know perk from these days are just awful takes on the television, which uh, doesn't help, but uh, what do you think? Do you do you lend any credence to this sort of uh, quote unquote report, and and how real do you think it is? Um, I actually think it. I would I would put more stock in Perk about stuff like this than his like on court like takes about players and things because I think he has friends in the league and he has friends with people and probably front offices and old players and people he played with and so things get around. Um. So I would put in, in terms of like personnel movement and feelings of players, I would put more stock in things he says. So I do believe it. Um, I don't love it, but I also don't, I don't, do you think other teams or is this just me? Because I'm like, I don't have a, feel like I have a moral compass, even though it's not a moral compass, but like, I think it's a bad look to not show up for training camp. But like, like I also thought it was a bad look for like Harden to wear a fat suit in Houston and no one else cared. <laughs> so like, do you think other teams care like that? He's just being like, I'm not going until I get what I want. Like, I just think it's such a baby move. It seems like you're throwing a temper tantrum and I think it's annoying. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just like, don't know if teams care about it or if I am just thinking that they should. Um, in turn, I don't think teams will care. Um, because I think I'm sure they don't like it, but I also just don't think it's something they will care about that said from like a a fan perspective. And this is obviously easy to say when I wanted Harden on the Sixers and I want Ben off the Sixers, but I do think there is a big difference in the sense that like Ben is basically now trying to force his way out through, you know, it seems like have rich paul get him out um and then not showing up to training camp really feels like a you know response to his own play like he embarrassed himself here and he doesn't want to be here whereas harden was you know the best player on the team for like eight seasons and led them to the playoffs and led them in the playoffs season after season after season they were a healthy chris paul away from a championship um, and they were, you know, tearing the team down around him, uh, which is, you know, the Sixers are still like contending. They, they've made moves to, uh, you know, and you could argue that, you know, they, Ben was on the market at times or whatever, and he has some reasons to be upset with the team. I don't want to hear any of them, but, you know, <laughs> Westbrook had just been traded for like John Wall and a pick, right? Like that wasn't the move of a team that was trying to win even if you know you felt that Westbrook was kind of washed you would still at least take the shot running back because John Wall hadn't played in years and you know the Sixers are still building they're still putting better pieces around their core so it's not an instance of you know of them you know not putting him in a position to win a title if anything it's the opposite and so I do think it's like this is especially annoying where it's like you know you're yeah, kind of like 
you know, you're, who are you mad at here? Like, you should be mad at yourself. Like, this is a, a situation that you caused and you're, you're not, like, not showing up. Like, Harden even showed up. Harden went to camp. Like, and I get it's, it's, it's a little different because they wanted Harden to stay. And I'm sure Harden made a scene from what it sounded like and practices were terrible. But, like, you know, they, they wanted him there and he showed up. And for Ben, it's like, I think a lot of the people in that building don't want him back so i do understand it from that perspective that like might be really uncomfortable for him to show up and like and and be wants him out and which i really think he does and rivers seems to want him gone we'll talk but, about that yeah but that doesn't like like you're also like it, it sounds like Embiid's called ben and ben hasn't answered so i'm sure Embiid really wants him out now like again you could tie all of this back to things ben has done so i i just don't have any sympathy for him on it um, Emily, to your question about uh, other GMs and stuff, my guess is that uh, they don't love the look, but that a team that wants to trade for Ben isn't going to no longer want to trade for Ben because of this. And a team that doesn't want to trade for them isn't going to be impacted either way by like him not showing up to trade. Like, it's sort of a lame thing, you know. Listen, when I read this, I am excited because I don't want him on the team. So it's like all the more smoke we can have around him not showing up as a member of the Sixers, the better. Um, you know, but when you bring up the Harden thing, part of me is like, okay, but Harden sort of earned that. Harden's like a top five MVP guy every year. And like Simmons makes the all-star team and sucks in the playoffs when teams are good. Yeah. Um, which makes so it, just, it feels like an even worse look for Ben. It's like, you're not James Harden. Like, what do you think you're doing? But, and, yeah. but you're right. But, which is fine. Thing, I don't want him either. But, but like, you're, you're right. But I do think, like, the, I just don't see team, like, because we could make such a long list of reasons, like, we don't want that. Like, yeah. Like, and, and not just like on court reasons, like, we have attitude reasons, off court reasons, right? Um, there's, you know, a lot of stuff pointing to, you know, Ben's attitude around, you know, getting better in certain ways and, and towards his teammates where he's not answering calls and all of that. Right. And that's not even new. Like that's, and that's even before this year, you could have, you know, some whispers, he doesn't get along with certain guys like Joel and him don't get along, whatever. And then, you know, especially now, but even before this Perkins report, I think you have a really long list of like off court reasons that this just kind of fits into and it's like if all the other ones didn't bother you and you the still narrative, this yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. moving anything. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Also, um, are there like any teams? I don't really have any friends that are like other fan bases, but like are there other are there people who would be excited to get Ben Simmons on their team? I don't understand that. Like I wouldn't be excited, I but I'm like very deep into of. this. My guess is that the teams who would be excited to get him at this point are teams that can't sign free agents, teams in small markets and the Timberwolves who want to like give it a Sacramento who want to like give it a shot trading for a guy with his level of his pedigree, talent, resume, whatever, um, because it's so hard for them to get those guys anyway. So meanwhile, in the game that uh, we're watching right now, the Sixers playing the Timberwolves, I'm not sure if you guys just saw, but Isaiah Joe went down and looks like he twisted his ankle or something. He's, they didn't take him to the locker room. He's still standing on the sideline. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. He, it looks like in terms of uh, severity of things, it looks like it's more of a, you know, in-game sort of thing. Anyway, on the Simmons stuff, uh, friend of the podcast, Keith Pompey, said in a podcast of his own uh, the other day that uh, he basically feels that it's inevitable that Simmons is traded and uh, that there's sort of nowhere to go here. Kyle Newbeck of the Philly Voice uh included in his article about the Spurs' interest in Ben, uh, talking about Simmons' relationship with the team at the moment. He said, that is not to say everything is hunky-dory or that the stakes of this offseason aren't clear to both sides. The relationship between Simmons and Doc Rivers, it's worth noting, suffered significant damage that some believe is irreparable. Though the Sixers would tell you when pressed on this, they believe things can be worked out and fences can be mended. So, um, meanwhile... Isaiah Joe is going to the locker room, walking gingerly. We'll keep you posted uh, as the things come out. So anyway, uh, Rivers, we've talked during the season about the lengths to which Doc Rivers was going to defend Ben Simmons. And Ben would be one for six from the field. 
with six assists and a steal. And the first thing Doc would say in the post-game press conferences is, we could not have won this game without Ben. Ben, I thought Ben was tremendous. Ben was the best player on the floor. Like, absolute lunacy. The, the way that he would, and anybody who dared criticize Ben, he would laugh at them or look down on them. Like, it was very clear to me. Like, Doc Rivers didn't start thinking that shooting for a perimeter initiator is unimportant. It's that he thought, this is the way to handle Ben. Brett Brown tried to tell his agent, tell his brother, tell his mother, tell his whoever, I want him to shoot threes, didn't work out. So Doc came in and was like, let me handle him with kid gloves. Let me basically big up his ego every press conference, and hopefully that will help. Um, of course, how it this, made things worse. <laughs> uh, well, of course, the jig was up at the end of the season. Uh, Doc started pulling Ben in the Atlanta series when he couldn't make a free throw uh, when they were doing the hack event stuff. And then after game seven, uh, a reporter asked Doc, uh, can Ben Simmons be the point guard on a championship caliber team? And he said, I don't have the answer to that right now. So I guess for me, unless there is much more behind closed doors, which there's, it's possible that they have been fighting and it's all been kept under wraps. But like if that's really all it is, how in the world do you really blame Doc for those two things? Like he wasn't giving them a chance. Because At Ben doesn't think line. he did anything wrong. He thinks he's no. played perfectly and that he's just being unfairly criticized. That's true. And it goes back to his press conference when they're asking him why he struggles in the second round. And he was talking about Trey Young's line and how many assists he had. So, like, yes, it's all part of the same thing. Um, but, like, Doc, I, I, listen, I guess maybe you just lie. If you just want the guy around forever, maybe you just lie and say, yes, he's the point guard and championship winner. I, You know. Anyway, what do you guys think about there seeming to be a real fracture in the Simmons and Rivers relationship uh, going forward. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is. Ben seemed to, you know, from everything that we can piece together, uh, Ben seems to have not taken well to Embiid and Rivers' comments. I mean, yeah, like those are right. Those are the two people we hear over and over again that he is, seems to be least happy with. Um, so I think that that probably weighed on him a lot. He probably felt like there was some piling on, I'm sure. Uh, but I don't really think it's surprising. And I like, like you said, I, I don't blame Doc for, I blame him for how he handled it. Although I don't know what I would have done because, you know, like you said, Brett Brown tried the opposite, didn't work. So, yeah. you know, try something new. I get it. It was as a, as a fan who was watching Ben be not good enough all season, it was awful to see, but yeah. from the team side, I, like, I, I get it. Um, and yeah, I mean, after, and, and Doc has had some awful playoff losses. Doc was not with, you know, not without blame in the series. He was, yeah. you know, probably the second, the second biggest blame. Um, but like to, go through that after, you know, he's been through a lot of bad playoff losses. He doesn't make those comments after every bad playoff loss. Like Ben was that bad. He just was. Yeah. And like for, and, and, and he made doc look foolish. Like, frankly, like with how doc spoke about, about him all year and even earlier in the series, like we earlier in, in, at the end of the, of the previous series where he was laughing about, you know, Oh, who would take Ben out, you know? And yeah. Like Doc looks foolish for all of that um, be because clearly, you know, Ben wasn't the player he, that Doc kept saying he was all year. Um, and I agree with you that, you know, Doc is not foolish, obviously. And, and he knew that, but, you know, it, it's not a good look for him. And I think that there's probably ill will between both of them, you know, and, yeah. and, and I, I do think that Doc publicly saying, you know, everything Ben does, this, this, and that is, is good and it's great and whatever is probably not entirely what happens privately. I bet there is push for Ben to do things that Ben doesn't want to do yeah. because it was immediately what we heard in the, in the press conferences after the season. We have a plan for Ben. It involves you know, <laughs> shooting. All the leaks are like, you know, ben, ben might shoot with his right hand now was like one of the things mm. leaked. And, you know, what you know, the video comes out where he makes – He's shooting with Rondo and he makes oh. two, right? Like usually like remember the old videos where he'd make like nine in a row and they look awful, but he made, Hey, he made nine in a row. He made two shots in a row in this video, which makes me think could they not find him making three <laughs> in a row or more. And they were left-handed. 
So like, you know, we already knew this, but the Sixers plan for Ben isn't being followed. And, you know, I think Doc is fed up. I think Ben is, it took those comments, you know, you know, in, in a way that they were hurtful to him. So I think the fracture is huge. Yeah. Uh, Emily, what about you on the Doc and Ben stuff? Yeah, I agree that I think the relationship is fractured. And in terms of, I think it was Kyle's report, like that people in the front office think it could be repaired. Like, I don't really want to be, have like my quote unquote second best player and my coach have like a gingerly repaired relationship going in. Like, I don't think that is like going to be great long-term. Like I would just rather be done with it. Um, That's just not, it's not, you can say it's repaired, but it's not repaired. And it's one of those things where it's like, you're going to bring it up every time. And I feel like it would get really ugly. Um, I don't know. I'm just so over Ben. So over it. Well, so we might as well talk about this now. Uh, Joel Embiid is is eligible for the Supermax. Um, I think uh, that contract offer is probably on the table the second the league year opens. Uh, but as we sit here today, tonight, Sunday night, uh, around nine o'clock, uh, Joel has not signed the Supermax. Um, obviously, there is a giant thing that people are waiting to see happen uh, with the Sixers. Do you guys think that A, Joel has, well, this is probably a little bit far. Do you think that Joel has made it a contingency of him signing the Supermax that they need to trade Ben? Or do you think he is simply waiting to see what they get for Ben to know how he feels about it? Or do you think he's just waiting irrespective of either of those moves? To me, it feels a little too coincidental for this thing to be hanging in the air and for Joel to have not yet signed. And we know, you know, Joel is very open about how much he loves Philadelphia. He's in obviously on good terms with Daryl. They're playing tennis together. Um, to me, it seems a little coincidental that all of this would be happening while we're all waiting for the Ben trade um, and for them to be totally unrelated. Emily, what do you think? Do you think that, you know, part of Joel's hesitancy to sign the Supermax just yet is because of the Ben stuff and, and waiting to see what happens? Um, I think so, but I think it's more of your option B that he's just waiting to see like what the team yeah. that he's going to sign this extension for long-term like looks like and where he fits into that versus it's like, I'm not going to sign it if Ben's on this team. I think he just need wants to like know what he's signing basically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's, but I, I expect right. him to sign it. Yeah. Same here. Dan, what about you? Yeah. I expect him to sign it. And I also, you know, I don't think we've talked about this a bit. I, I, we don't think Ben's back. Like I, I, I just don't think there's any way he's back. I think that, you know, Joel is, Joel knows this, right? Joel is the best player on the team. He plays tennis with Daryl Morey for some reason. And, uh, you know, there's no way that was not a topic of conversation at any point in whatever day they spent together. I think that, you know, if we're correct that, you know, Ben is definitely not back, then Joel has been told that Ben is definitely not back. And I don't think that that is something he's waiting for. I don't think he's made demands about it because I don't think he needs to. I think that like the Sixers need to have a second best player who makes Joel Embiid better, who Joel Embiid wants to play with. And I I just don't think that there's any disagreement between Embiid and the team in that. So I, I think it's, I think it's just what Emily said, which is, you know, let's let the offseason play out. Let's see what we get. And I think he's just going to resign regardless, I hope. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's like waiting for the shoot to drop. Although, as we've talked about before, it would be amazing if it was like right after Ben was traded in the same way Ben did that after Jim. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's the kind that, of petty thing Joel would do, though. He's like petty light now that he's and he's, dad, he loves Jimmy too. But he, exactly, he's like, oh, you thought that was fun to do to my friend? Watch this. He would do right. that. Uh, meanwhile, there's 11 seconds left in this summer league game, and Jaden Springer just hit a go-ahead three uh, to put the Sixers up two. So we will, uh, of course, uh, let you know what happens. John Hollander also know. tweeted B-Ball Paul's stat line just now. I love that. Like, he while you're him. all doing this, let me tell you what Paul Reed is doing in the summer league. Um, oh, I wanted to ask about Ben packages. For me, watching Tyrese uh, perform and knowing about, you know, Matisse's performance in the Olympics, um, 
Dame Lillard, there really isn't an update on the Lillard thing except for his uh, Instagram, which could be about his record company. Um, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I think the Dallas. I don't think it's for- about anything, actually. I think he just <laughs> I, like there's no way that's about anything. Sorry. <laughs> you know, there. Uh, I still think Dallas is waiting for a yes or a no for well, whether he's going to go into training camp in the season as a blazer happily. Um, but for me, watching Maxi be effective like this and, and the path and the trajectory I think he's on makes me feel a little bit better about just trading Ben for the most that you can get, whatever that is, like a good guard right now and as many picks as you can um, so that the team, I still think the team will be good in the regular season, like Joel and whoever else, plus Tobias and Seth and Danny and Maxi and, you know, because then you keep your young guys that you really like and then if and when the next big star is available, I think Maxi is a really attractive piece in a trade like that. Um, he's an easier fit on every team than a guy like Ben, who's very specific. We've seen a lot of these sort of reported trades where you'd have to find a third team because this team doesn't necessarily want Ben. Um, I don't know. This Thinking about that makes me feel a little bit better uh, in terms of taking the whatever B-plus offer is for Ben if the A-level stuff isn't there. Emily, are you feeling similarly about that? Yeah, I think so. Because um, at this point, I just feel like the most important thing is to, for Ben not to be on this team in the fall. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the point where, like, I'm not going to hold out for, like, this giant package. Like, I just want him gone. Uh, yeah, day by day, I obviously, Dame Lillard is what I want. He's, yeah. like incredible and him and joel would be an absolute joy but like ben has broken my spirit i'm done me too like i'm done. totally just give me a normal guy to get in here who plays guard who like will just be good just be like i don't need you necessarily at this point to be like a two-way superstar but like be good help the sixers be good and keep the possibility that that they can move enough things for the the big name guy around. Dan, where are you at with that? Yeah, I mean, I've been a big proponent of that all along. I think that the, the you know, go get, because I, I really think you're at a point where it's like, if you go into the season with Ben, you know, it's not a, it's not a question of, you know, we're, we're in the short term better because we have a better player now, but in the long term, we know we're screwed for the playoffs. I think you're screwed short term too. Like there's no like, oh, well, if we run it back, we're at least the one seed again, and then we can figure out the playoffs. Like, no, this is not tenable. The team is not going to be in good shape if you're bringing Ben back into that locker room. There's just no way. And they overperformed last year anyway. And I agree. Like, if this was NBA 2K and you just have to think about basketball, then, like, of course, hold hold the guy who's 24 and, oh, my God. 25. Minnesota's just hit a – Game time three, uh, Sixers, what's going on? They're going to overtime. All right, sorry, that's good radio. Um, I, for me, like, yeah, if it was a video game or if we could not think at all about um, the emotions or the locker room or anything like that, of course, hold on to Ben until the trade deadline, trade him for the best possible person, like, go ahead. But, like, I don't think that that's real life. And I think that we need to, like, consider the fact that you also have a, like number two MVP candidate who wants to get this shit right right now, who I can't imagine is excited to run it back with the same guy who has failed in every second round he's been to. So yeah, I, I just, I don't see it. No, it's, it's, it's better short-term and long-term to go get another player and more assets, like yeah. to have him off in the short-term and to have the flexibility in the long-term is just the move to make if you can't get the star right now. Yeah. All right. Um, Danny Green did his uh, uh, whatever press conference that he re-signed with the Sixers. He did not have any more biting criticism of the fans. We're still waiting on some more uh, notes on how we can improve. Uh, but here's, here's some things he said. Uh, Kyle Lubeck had this. Danny Green said Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris both pushed hard to keep him in Philadelphia throughout the offseason, with Tobias calling him frequently up until he signed. Um, uh, Danny Green, this is from Rich Hoffman. Uh, he said, 
at the end of the season, Joel sent me a text like, I really want you back. I understand the business side of it and you got to do what's best for you and your family, but I would really love to have you here. I love that. Uh, and then Paul Hudrick had this, Liberty Ball is Paul Hudrick now. Uh, Danny Green said he texted Ben Simmons around the 4th of July. Uh, he said Ben isn't a big texter. Uh, he said it's mostly because Danny has had a lot going on with his wedding planning and free agency. He said when he gets settled, he plans to reach out to Simmons again. Uh, that handful of quotes, what do we think? I love that Joel and Tobias were working hard to get uh, Danny here. And I, as somebody who wants to trade Simmons, I'm excited to hear that Simmons also wasn't part of the comeback to Philadelphia parade. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, all of that. Um... I wouldn't text Ben. Ben wouldn't text me. So uh, he's not a big texter. He wouldn't text anyone. Yeah. He wouldn't text anyone. Well, listen, I wonder, uh, this is just like stupid speculation at this point, but I wonder if Ben's mad at Danny because you know he had the the Danny quotes about the fans. But that <laughs> oh, was yeah. a week after you had the Danny quotes about about Ben. I forget exactly what he said, but I remember it wasn't the nicest about Ben. So uh, maybe he's mad at Danny too. Who knows? So part of what Danny said about Ben before the fans quote, Danny said, Ben isn't the type of person to like, go ahead and do something right. if he's not comfortable, um, which obviously wasn't really breaking news. Um, Emily, <laughs> what do you think uh, about Danny's quote? Um, yeah, I love, I love when guys try and get guys or keep guys. Like I loved when last summer Dwight said that Joel was texting him, like, we want you here. I think that's cute. And so I love it. Um, I also don't believe that Ben isn't a big texter. Like, I'm sorry, you're 26 years old. Who, what 26 year old isn't a big texter? That's a garbage made up thing. I can't imagine that Ben is just like more of a handwritten letter guy. There's just yeah. no way. There's no way. Um, uh, Emily, you wanted to bring up something about Danny's wedding. Danny uh, got married over the weekend, Mazel Tov, uh, to both of them. And uh, yeah, what do you have to say about Danny's wedding? Um, well, I just wanted to congratulate Danny and his wife. It looked real nice. There was a lot of green in the wedding, fitting mm. as it's his name. Um, there were some NBA players there. Dwight Howard was there. Kyle Lowry was there. Gold medalist JaVale McGee was there. Um, and they also had top like topiaries, not tapioca. <laughs> as we talked about before the show um of their dogs made which i thought was like very cool um so i just wanted to just hit on it it's an off season it's a slow time and i was like this is news we can talk about danny green's wedding great love a good wedding you wore a white uh, suit he looked great he looked happy it was big the cake was like seven tears it was beautiful good for danny i was watching his story to try and see if i could spot any sixers I didn't um, see any. But my guess is that his invitations had gone out by the time he had arrived in Philadelphia. So I think that that, is, that was probably no longer uh, the case. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for them. Dan, do you have any congratulatory words you'd like to send to Danny Green? Congrats, Danny Green. Great. Perfect. Really good. We'll also, make sure that gets to him. On such a tight budget, as I'm sure Danny Green is, it's impossible to add any extra invitations. He probably has a very yeah, small, strict true. guest list, could not, very small budget for this, and could not add any more people. You know who I didn't see there was his podcast buddy. Harrison. Oh, he was there. He had to be there. He I saw, that's there. how I saw that Kyle Lowry was there, because Harrison Sanford tweeted out selfies with all the NBA players. Oh, that's fun. All right, good for him. Um, that's great. Uh, there, we don't really need to spend any time on this. Uh, Chris Haynes reported that Lance Stevenson is holding a workout and Sixers will be among the teams there to watch him. Absolutely not. No, thank you. Not interested. I do just not interested in a basketball level, but I've never, one of my favorite basketball things to ever happen was when Lance Stevenson blew in LeBron's ear. I thought it was so funny and it to this day makes me laugh. So just wanted to say that. Yeah, there's definitely literally that. just Dan, wanted to think about it because it makes me laugh every time. Dan, do you have anything on uh, uh, anything, Lance Stevens? Well, he's a bad guy, right? So yeah, 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 bad, 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 bad. Yeah, guy. so no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Finally, that's basically it in terms of the Sixers world. Uh, the Bachelorette season ended. Um, 
Dan, Dan, did you catch up at this point? Did did you end up, you know, seeing everything at the end? I I'm I, I watched everything. You watched everything. All right. Katie ends up with that guy with the beard whose name is escaping me. Wait. Um, Wait. Forty eight hours after Greg leaves in just an absolute wild sequence where he is basically like i love you and she's like you're handsome and he was like that wasn't the point what do you guys think about how everything unfolded i was just sort of shocked to see uh that go down emily what did you think about the ending of this season of the bachelorette um my current theory about this season of the bachelorette is that it was kind of low on drama and they knew they had this big Greg fight at the end and so they really leaned into the Katie and Greg relationship so that mm. the fight had more like oomph um but I kind of so I kind of think they down edited her relationship with Blake so that this had more of a like show stopping quality and so I think that they're probably fine and happy and I thought it was really weird the way they did the after the final rose that they like got engaged and then did the Greg conflict like that should have been earlier than awkward. Um, but other than that, I think they look happy on Instagram. So like, I wish them the best. Dan, uh, any any thoughts on the ending of the Bachelorette? It reminded me a lot of the first season I watched, which was Rachel Lindsay season, where she so she basically had like a huge breakup with. Uh, Peter, Peter and then ended up with Brian who she seemed like she liked a lot less and then at the after the final rose was like unnecessarily really mean to Peter um and I felt like it was the same exact plot where like except like Peter at least uh, they both kind of had weird reasons uh Greg I really had no idea what Greg was talking about to be honest he was just like I didn't know what was going on but then they got to the after the final rose and he was at least like being pretty normal and she was just like throwing like 80 different accusations at him, just like seeing what would stick. It was really bizarre. Um, the one thing I will say is like 48 hours before she got engaged to Blake, she said that Greg was her number one. And right. Like and she wanted to go home. Bizarre. Like that's, that's weird that then she got engaged to someone else 48 hours later. I, it's just, it was weird. It was weird. My read on the Greg thing, when it happened, after they had his hometown and he was sobbing and he was talking about how much he loves her, was that he reached a point where he was done being on the television show, where he was like, through with the who's going to get a rose cocktail party bullshit, you know, like overnight, like he was ready to like, straight up be with her. At least that's how he, he made it seem. And when she wouldn't meet him halfway there, because she wanted to fulfill her contract or her duty as the bachelorette. Uh, he was like, we're in different places. Like this, we, we aren't thinking up, but he definitely very quickly got to a place where he was not listening to anything she had. Like she was really sort of begging and trying to reason with him when she went downstairs to meet him and he had sort of made up his mind. So uh, yeah, I will say Blake, as is now tradition, the gentleman lucky enough to win the bachelorette comes on the gastroenteritis blues. This is how it works. All right. So True. happened last year. We'll have to set it up with Blake's people. We'll have to find some cousin of his who lives in like Ambler and we can talk about the Sixers. Um, but that's basically it. Do you guys have anything else? Um, also, we should mention this could be our other in is that bachelorette legend Andrew S was at McGillan's this weekend. Just yes. hanging out. Uh, with Dustin and Clay Harbor, uh, who were on other old seasons mm -hmm. of The Bachelor. Um, so yeah, they were at McGillan's, they were at Elvez, they went to the Eagles yeah. preseason game. Would have love loved Andrew to S. run into them. Love, love Andrew S. and would love to have him on. He should um, be on the Eagles. He plays football. That'd be great. Yeah, let's do it. Um, well, good stuff, folks. We will uh, talk to you next week. Here's a question. Is Ben traded this week? No. No. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but how fun would it be if he was? That would be great. It would be, so be so fun. Yeah, we would hop on locker room. Mm -hmm. um, all right, good time. I would text you guys about it. We would talk. It would be so fun. Um, good, good to see you guys both. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Be safe and be great. Uh, <laughs> we got to make merch with that on there. <laughs> that and summer, Sixers Summer League 21 Summer League mm -hmm. Champion shirts. 
Coming soon. I yeah. would love that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye. Yeah.